What is up, everyone? Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to the Root Horror Podcast. Uh, I got an awesome episode for you guys today. I had a chance to talk to South African director Ryan Kruger, and he talks about his new film, Fried Berry, which releases May 7th on Shudder. And we talk about the movie Fried Berry, and, you know, of course, we talk about the horror genre, and had a lot of fun uh, talking to Ryan. He's won uh, 22 awards and seven nominations. He's directed several short films, uh, including uh, a new one that is called Hashtag Meow2 and uh, and several other short horror films. And uh, he's also worked on a lot of music videos. And he's also worked with uh, over 50 major US and UK bands, including Black Flag, Misfits, Slipknot, so I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, some cool trivia that that uh, I thought I'd mention. Uh, one time he had a fight with wrestler Gangrel in the ring that lasted for four minutes during the making of uh, GTV. He's won a uh, SAMA, which is a South African Music Awards for Best Music Video of the Year in 2015 for Prime Circle Doors. And also, it's fun to mention that uh, some of his work has been looked at by Quentin Tarantino while he was on his Death Proof tour in Liverpool, as Kruger was meant to be showcasing his work at an event, but decided to give them all to Mr. Tarantino instead. So that's uh, some very cool info, I think. And... uh, You know, without further ado, we're just going to dive into the interview. And, uh, you know, if you'd want to watch the movie uh, Fried Berry first, uh, before you dive into the the episode, uh, you know, check it out. It's on Shudder now in the United States. And, uh, yeah, man, this looks like a a fun movie. And uh, I definitely will be checking it out on Shudder. So, uh Without further ado, here's the interview with Ryan Kruger. Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Rude Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus, and today I'm here with filmmaker Ryan Kruger. He's here to talk about his new film, Fried Berry, that'll be releasing on Shutter May 7th. Uh, first of all, I just want to say, how are you doing today, Ryan? Cool, man. I'm well, and uh, thank you, thank you so much for for having me. Hey, my pleasure, man. Thank you. Um, so, you know, tell me about Fried Berry, and uh, it, you know, I, from what I could gather from the trailer, this is like a sci-fi horror film. Uh, what what made you want to, you know, make a sci-fi horror film? Well, as a, you see, my background, uh, normally I've always shot like, um, you know, music videos. And when I shoot music videos and, you know, write and direct them, <clears throat> but I've been very lucky in my career to do what I want with music videos, like come up with the idea and the band lets me do it. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, you know, in a box where I can't go completely crazy because I've got to think about the music. I've got to think about the label, I've got to think about it going on TV. So for a while, and it's always been the, the you know, the big dream at the end of the tunnel 
to do a feature film. And it's one of those things where when it comes to that part in your life, it's, it's almost like, you know, what film should you make? What film should be your first film? And which is really hard. And I had all these other scripts. And then when I got the idea, I just knew it was the, I just knew it was the, the right one. Uh, but the funny thing is with Fried Barry, uh, in 2017, we shot a three-minute experimental film also called Fried Barry. It was just like, it was only like three minutes and it was about a, a heroin addict on his latest hit, just going crazy in this abandoned building. And then, but that was like a standalone uh, film. I never thought even back then I was going to make it into a feature film or anything like that. So when I took that to festivals, we had like, 59 official selections around the world and I think 12, 13 uh, wins. And what happened after that is we started get, to get all this fan art, uh, which was weird because it was a short film and people just really liked this character. So I think that kind of like planted the seeds in my brain, but at the same time to make it a story out of, out of basically out of nothing to, you know, to, to, to build on it. And when I, yeah, when I came up with the story and I knew what I was going to do, I just knew it was right. And, and it had to be a project obviously with my style and, you know, and, and make it work with uh, the lead actor, Gary Green, uh, because he isn't a, a trained actor. So I had to build the movie around him to make it work. But at the same time, he was absolutely perfect, you know, for the, for the film, the way he looks and everything like that. And nobody could have done a better job. So I think everything kind of just like fell into place and, and where I was at the time, because I went through a bit of a bad time through depression and all this stuff. So I just hit that like brick wall and I was at the, you know, at the bottom of the hole thinking, right, what is the number one thing that I've always wanted to do? And it was to, to make a feature film. So, yeah, so when it came about, instead of probably doing all these other scripts that I already had, probably would have been way easier to, to do, but it needed to be something super creative. So the cool thing about Fry Barry was that in three days, I wrote a 50% scene brief breakdown. And then from there, I started to build on it. So it took us a year and a half to shoot and we only shot 28 days but the great thing about that was you know to shoot plan and then shoot so we we shot everything in blocks and what was good about that was it gave us time to obviously plan things better for when you know when we do the next block but it also came to the point where i've got all this footage and i'm thinking okay what do i need what could happen what it's like normally like when I watch a film, sometimes it's almost like I press pause and go, what could happen right now in this story? You know, is this going to happen or is this going to happen? And I really try my best to make it unpredictable where you don't know where the film's going and not in a bad way, in just an entertaining way and not a cliche way that you think it's going to go. But I think with Fry Barry, it's one of those films where it's, you know, the, the, the story of Fry Barry is basically... A heroin addict gets abducted by aliens, spat back out, and it's basically this alien tourist on holiday experience in uh, Cape Town, South Africa, and Earth for the first time. And yeah, it's basically this alien tourist, but also like a like a road movie, but without the car. And Barry's the car, meeting all these different people. So the story 
for Fry Barry is very simple. Like I just explained that, but it, I, the, for me, the movie is more of a, an experience, a journey that you go on, whether you kind of like it or not. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's one of those things where, you know, we're, we're sitting in the driver's seat with, with Barry meeting all these characters and, you know, and it's full of like, you know, sex and drugs and him tripping off drugs and stuff like that. But it's, yeah, but there's, there's a bit of everything. There's, you know, there's the sci-fi element, there's the horror element, there's uh, that dark humor, black comedy. Um, and there's even like a, you know, there's a bit of heart in the movie with a, a bit of a love story with his wife and stuff like that. So yeah, it's got, it's got a bit of everything, but I, I truly believe Fry Barry is one of those films where you either get it or you don't, you ever love it or you hate it. And it's one of those things. It's whether you're, it's whether you're going to go on this journey or not and, uh, and understand it, you know? Nice. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I can't wait to, to watch it on shutter when it's released. And, uh, you know, for, uh, sci-fi horror films, uh, you know, with like, newer sci-fi horror films we haven't really seen a side of like you know aliens abducting people and then uh you know you get to see their experience coming to earth almost like you know what we see like an alien side of perspective yeah and and that's the funny thing about it is it's also you know we've seen these alien abduction movies and stuff like that but I think the like it's like the funny ironic thing is, you know, when these aliens come and abduct this person, this heroin addict, they've just picked like the worst person that they could have picked. You know what I mean? They've just picked up this random person, but it's just like the worst person. So this alien must think, oh yeah, that's what everybody does on Earth. Everybody just had sex and everybody just takes drugs and this is it. This is this is what we do here. <laughs> so it, I think it's on that side of the of the fence. I think it's you know it's this very entertaining, quite fast paced um, uh, journey. And even like my main references for the mo- for the movie was um, was uh, Starman, uh, John Carpenter's uh, Starman uh, meets like a little uh, adult version of ET meets. Um, <laughs> There's an early '90s film, uh, Bad Boy Bobby, uh, Australian movie, and yeah, a bit of that. But even within the film, like my big love for cinema comes from uh, '80s cinema. Like for me, that's like the best. Like, all the best shit came out of the '80s, and yeah, there's a lot of references to whether it's Aliens or whether it's uh, The Thing or whether it's late '70s, uh, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest and ET and all these, you know, great uh, 80s films that I love that I've put all these references, you know, with, with within the movie. So for those people that love 80s cinema and love, um, uh, that love, the, you know, all these fanboys that love all, you know, this, you know, 80s cinema will, I think would, will really appreciate uh, Fry Barry. Uh, Cause we, you know, we have all those Easter eggs and little references, you know, through, throughout the, throughout the movie. Right on, right on. Uh, so, uh, I know you mentioned that you're in uh, South Africa right now, um, and I think you're like the first person from South Africa on the podcast. Uh, oh, cool. So, uh, I, I want to ask: uh, is is like you know the the horror community uh, big in in South Africa, or 
you know, what what is the the horror? Yeah, well, this, this like? is the thing. So South African cinema is, you know, we're, we're we're quite far behind, like many you know other countries where you see, you know, the the movies that we normally make here are like dramas, uh, comedies. Uh, historical, uh, you know, movies about history of South Africa. And that's what we mainly always make. And over the past few years, there has been more, uh, you know, more different films. So it's slowly happening. But even like Fry Barry is definitely the first of its kind to come out of South Africa, like without a doubt. We just don't, like South Africa is quite quite, um, conservative, (laughs) So and um, Friday Party is pretty pretty hardcore. It's like pretty it's pretty out there for South African audience. But uh, going back to your question with the you know the horror crowd here, it is quite small uh, here, and it's it's just be- I think it's just because you know we're not you know our of filmmaker from a filmmaker's point of view of what gets made here, we're still so far behind, and everybody's you know, watching, you know, overseas stuff. So I think with sometimes with local stuff, uh, people have that like bad taste in the mouth for our local films, uh, which is starting to change. I mean, there's a lot of great movies coming out and I, I really think people are starting to step out of their comfort zone. And uh, and I think Fryberry is proof of that, that it's really breaking the mold in South African cinema that, you know, that we don't normally see. And, and it also will show... Um, you know, um, producers in this country that we can make these films, even if it doesn't do super well in South Africa, it will do well overseas. So when you make a movie, obviously it's a business, you know, it's still a business at the end of the day and you've got to sell your movie, you've got to distribute it. So I think a majority of people that make films in South Africa sells it within South Africa and that's it. So I think uh, more and more filmmakers are starting you know, to sell overseas and to get that sales agent and distribution and to really, you know, get their films out there. So there's a whole big world out there, you know, when you make your film. So I think it will show uh, producers that, you know, it is commercially viable to make these type of films, even though it's not a very commercial film, but like in the horror community, you know, horror, the horror community is probably one of the best genres in filmmaking that you can do because there's so many hardcore fans that will support your work, no matter how good it is or how bad it is. People will always, always uh, support it. So I think it's, I think it's, uh, you know, I think we're we're starting to do more of these films, and I think uh, it's great to know that Fryberry is like definitely one of the first of its uh, first of its kind to come out of the country, which is which is awesome. You know, yeah, it is awesome, and uh, you know, like. Do you think this is like the first uh, horror film to come out of South Africa, or do you know? Of well, that's the thing. I mean, that this is the thing. There is other horror films that have been made. There's not many at all. Um, there's not many at all. But it's also the type of film that it is. So the thing is, it's you. You'll, you'll understand what I'm saying once you've seen Fry Barry. Uh-huh. So because there is, there has been other obviously other horror films that have ma- been made here over the past you know, over the past year or two, but um, Fry Barry really doesn't fit into that. It's not just like a horror film, you know, it's that mashup genre with, um, you know, with the sci-fi and the comedy and it's really, it's that cult style 
film, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's it's also got that very like '80s look and feel uh, feel to it as well. So it's uh, you know, and then you know, since we started making the film and doing all this marketing for the film, you know, the fan base and all the all the you know the festivals that we've taken it to. I mean, we've played at so many uh, some of the biggest uh, genre film festivals around the world, and we've picked up like. I think it's 22, 23 awards already. And um, it's, I mean, just that alone and all the fans and people checking out the market and people doing the fan art. We've had people get uh, Fry Barry tattoos and, uh, and it's not even out yet. You know what I mean? This is wow. just that at the at the festival. So it's already gained. Like I, I went out to make this cult style film, hoping that, you know, may, maybe it'll become a cult film, you know, and and I think so far, so good. Like th- that wheel's been turning and it's been getting that really good, um, you know, niche market in a sense of, you know, people doing the fan art and the tattoos and all this crazy stuff. So it's really starting to happen. But that was like the design of the film. And 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 that's also, it was a major challenge as well to keep to keep the tone of the film right. Because, I mean, it's, it's also one of those things where, you know, when you look at these like old 80s cult films and stuff like that, you know, you just got to tick all these boxes. So it's the feel, it's the mood, it's the music, it's the tone of the tone of the, of the movie. And, you know, there was times where I edited, you know, one of the scenes and it was so funny and I couldn't stop laughing. Me and my editor was like crying. It was so funny, but it wasn't the right tone. So I had to like go back and go, it's not the right tone. We've got to re-edit this scene. And it was like, well, what do you mean? It's so funny. And I'm like, and I know it is, it is funny, but it's not, you know, it needs to be more cinematic. It needs to be fit more into this world and less into the, you know, in, in, into the, this feel of what this comedy scene was. So yeah, it's, it was a challenge, you know, all along to stay on that, stay on that line. And even at the beginning, you know, I wanted to create this, um, you know, this character icon, you know, that people will remember and you know and that's obviously to do with you know the character the casting and the the look of our character and and i think over the years you know people are always you know trying to create that you know whether it's like freddie or jason or hellraiser or whatever you know but they've, they've got a mask or they've got the certain suits and this and this and this and i think sometimes i think people try try to find that character and try too hard and maybe miss it and and that was the thing with Fry Barry, it was, you know, this character is, you know, he's, he, you know, he wears this denim jacket and denim jeans, and that's that's his Superman uniform, you know, that's his <laughs> that's his outfit, and it's his face which is the character, and it's the face that everybody remembers, and that's why sometimes it's keeping it simple, but having that that face that everybody will remember, and that face that that nobody will forget. So, uh, you know, all comes into, you know, all comes into play. But I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, so far the the reviews and everything that we got and even on like Rotten Tomatoes, we were, uh, we were on like 82%. I mean, and so that's pretty, wow. that's pretty cool so far, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be exciting, you know, when it comes out, uh, uh, you know, on Shudder on the 7th. And uh, yeah, it's really going to be interesting to see you know, what people think of it. And I, I really do believe it's one of those films that, you know, you come out from watching it and it's impossible not to talk about it. 
because there's so much shit that goes on in the movie. So I think it's hard not to speak about it. I mean, I, I always say like the amount of times that, you know, if we go on Netflix or whatever and you start watching a movie and if it's shit, you'll just turn it off straight away or, you know, you'll watch it and then you won't even tell anybody about it because it wasn't worth a conversation. And I think Fry Barry is complete opposite where you'll watch it and you will, whoever you're watching it with or whoever you're around, you're going to want to have that conversation about the movie to just to pick at all, you know, these certain scenes in the movie that will create people to talk. And um, yeah. And just, so whether it's a good thing or whether it's a bad thing to talking about, it's okay. Uh, it's, I always say it's this film is definitely not for everybody. You either get it or you don't. So the people that get it and they'll speak about it, that's cool. And even if the people don't like it, they'll still be speaking about it, which is also cool. And I'm okay. I mean, if we all had the same taste, then, you know, then it wouldn't be good. So, I mean, it's, you know, there's those films that, that we love and then there's, you know, people, you know, you'll say, oh, this film's amazing. And, you know, you'll watch it, you know, you look at Maniac and go, oh, this film's amazing. And then somebody else will go, oh, the film's terrible. I didn't like it. And you're like, what? How could you not like this film? This film was so cool. So you'll always, you know, it's impossible to please everybody, you know? Right. No, most definitely, most definitely. And, and to kind of add to, uh, you know, whether people talk about the film in a good way or a bad way, uh, really, if they talk about the film in, in general, that's always a good thing, you know, like either bad or good ratings or, you know, people talking about your film uh you know it, it says something about your film if you can just get people to to talk about yeah it. exactly and I, I mean the thing is with fried barry it's it, it's the you know the amount of people that reviewed it and spoke about it saying you know they've never seen a film like this before or, they, or they'll never maybe we'll never see a film like this again or whatever <laughs> so i mean it's 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 really that um, and that's why I said it's okay if like if, if somebody watches it and doesn't like it, it it's all right it's, it just means it's not for them they, they, you know they can't handle it or whatever it, it just means it's not for them I mean and like I said before there's films that I love that I tell people about and they hate it or they don't like it or we love a certain film for certain reasons and you know it's like looking at Christopher Nolan you know he did a uh, Interstellar and then I think that's a brilliant movie and there's so many people go oh it's his worst film and I'm like fuck that's his best film what are you talking about so mm -hmm. you know you'll always you'll you know you'll always have a different opinion and that's that's all right that's that's all right it's good and it's good to people you know that people will stick up for the movie and then there's other people that will rant about the movie and it's it's cool and I mean it creates good conversation I mean like when I go to the cinema or, you know, when I go watch something, you know, always have that discussion, whoever I'm with, like, you know, what do you think about the movie or what do you think of this scene? And again, before I made Fry Barry, you know, when we think of certain films, we think of certain scenes and they're rememberable that we remember, like if we're looking at, uh, I don't know, like Pulp Fiction, you know, it's, you know, do we remember that it's uh, John Travolta and Uber Thurman, you know, dancing on the dance floor, or do we remember this scene or that scene? So when I started writing Fry Barry, it's like, what is interesting is, you know, thinking of scenes that people will never forget, 
And I really spent a lot of time thinking about certain scenes that will stick with people and people will talk about it. So, you know, there's a lot of depth that's, that's gone into it. And apart from like, you know, all the, the main dialogue that I wrote in the film, I also kept it very open where we did a lot of improvisation. And so some of the scenes were so brief that, you know, this happens, this happens, and then I'll be with the actors and, and you know, ideas would come to me on the spot and go, okay, cool, let's try this and let's try that. So nothing was set in concrete. And I think that, I think also that's a great way to make a film because most films are always set in concrete and it's like, this is the script, this is what we're shooting and this is it. So to be in that moment, to be organic and be like, oh, maybe this should happen or maybe it will be funny if this happens. And to be able to do that is, is you know, is really great. And so, yeah, there was a lot of improv, you know, from the working with the actors. And then the only guy that didn't improv was, uh, was Gary, uh, as he's not a trained actor, because uh, I wanted to keep... Uh, him fresh every single day when he got on set I'd be like okay this is what we're doing and so we wouldn't you know rethink you know um, overthink any of the scenes and I wanted him to also be in be in the moment when I'm giving him directions so we you know so it's he's not clouded there with too much you know too many things going on mm-hmm. yeah uh, you know G- Gary's character in the film uh, you know, he does have like a distinct look and, uh, you know, commenting back on like, uh, you know, everyone wants to try to make the next Freddy or Jason or, you know, so on. Uh, he doesn't have a mask, but just uh, the way he looks and the way he's portraying this character, you know, I, I think he will be rememberable and, you know, his character will yeah. stand. Yeah, and that's why he's just got that unique look. Like, nobody's going to go up to Gary and go, you know, like, are you Fry Barry? They're going to know he's fucking Fry Barry. You know what I mean? He's got that He's got, he's, he's got that look. So nobody's ever going to go up to him and think he's somebody else. You know what I mean? So, yeah. and that's and that's what's cool. He's got that. He's got that presence. He's got that rememberable, rememberable face. And uh, you know, it will probably be one of these films that will be like, you know, he's always known as, oh, that's Fry Barry. That's Fry. You know, he's Fry Barry. So yeah. So it's yeah. It's 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 been it's been a really cool journey, and it's I think now that you know that it's about to come out is uh, is crazy because it's been a, like this long journey, you know, making this film and doing the marketing and also for me as a first time feature film director that, you know, it's my, you know, I've waited for this like forever. And now that it's, it's just about to come out. It's, it's also, you know, just crazy to think like shit. Yeah. It's coming. It's going to, it's coming out like really soon. So it's going to be interesting just to see how everything unfolds and see how people take it or if people get offended or people, you know what I mean? There's there's always, there's always, there'll always be something. So it's going to be, it's going to be cool. It's going to be cool to see how it unfolds. Oh, for sure. You know, Shudder is a big streaming service for horror films. There's going to be a lot of eyeballs watching this film. Yeah, uh, and I think it's the right home. I think it's the right home for Fry Barry. I mean, if you look at films on, like, Netflix, you know, you know, something might come across Netflix and you're like, ah, it's a new film, but I don't know if I want to feel like watching that film, and then we'll just watch something else. And I think with the target market and all the people that have Shudder, everybody will watch it. So if they see it there, they'll be like, oh, cool. This is, you know, their new film and this looks awesome. 
you know, and they'll, you know, I think everybody will watch it. So I think that's, you know, it's, it's, it's like your whole target market just watching that film, which is great, you know? Right. Right. So, uh, tell, tell me, uh, how fried berry came about to, uh, to be on shutter. Like how, what, what was the relationship like on getting that film to be on shutter? Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's kind of hard because it's it's one of those things where you know you you make a film and and yeah, it's I think every filmmaker's journey is different because because it's also one of those things where you know there's so many people that make films that just don't go anywhere or just disappear or just sit there or end up in that cheap DVD bin for half price or or whatever and, and you know or just gets lost out there or you don't get the right sales agents and distribution and, uh, you know, it doesn't travel. So I think, you know, there's so many different routes, you know, to go and, we, you know, we finished the film and we started taking it to uh, film festivals. So the cool thing about film festivals is you have all these buyers at the film festivals and you have, all, you know, you meet all these contacts for distributions and sales agents and stuff. And, um, we had the world premiere at a Cinequest in, uh, in San Jose in the States. Uh, and that was in March uh, last year. And yeah, it's one of those things is like, once you get one festival and it's a big festival, then another festival will go, Hey, we want to play your film as well. And it just, it's that domino effect. So your film's getting around more and more people are talking about it. But I, yeah, I got introduced to uh, from a friend of mine, a sales agent. So we had a meeting with the sales agent and yeah, and you know, it's their job to, you know, to distribute the movie to different territories and uh, should have got hold of it. And uh, yeah, they just loved it. And they, you know, and they wanted to, you know, make it a sort of original and um, yeah. And the rest is history, but it's, yeah, it's one of those things where I think, I, I think the, the cool thing about like when we were in, in the States in March, and it was just before lockdown. It was just before this whole COVID thing hit. So it was quite crazy because it was just like when it hit, I was like, shit, trust me to make a film. And now this shit happens. And I'm like, oh, my film's going to bomb. It's just going to disappear. And it's like the worst time. But what was good and what was very beneficial about it was that all these film festivals were online. So because all these film festivals were online, you know, instead of 300 to 600 people watching it at a cinema at a big festival, you know, it was, you know, they had online screen uh, screenings. So then, you know, we had about 4,000 to 5,000 people per, you know, per festival checking this film out, which created more buzz, more people talking about it. And it really did it justice that, you know, you know, it would be in like Brazil and 5,000 people watch it. So then you've got a shitload of people talking about it online and it, it had just created that buzz. And then it goes to Mexico and the same thing. So, yeah, it was just a, like a really good domino effect, how it all fell into place. And uh, it was also very surprising because I was like, shit, it's actually doing all right. It's getting out there. People know about it. And, you know, I spent the last two years nearly every day, like marketing the the film and posting on you know facebook horror sites or whether it's twitter or instagram and really getting it out there but word of mouth and the people that have seen it at festivals you know have uh, really spoke about it and um 
and then you know each you know each thing that goes along whether it should have doing marketing and and getting out there more with their audience and stuff so yeah it's just everything's you know gone hand in hand and it's just built built this thing up which has been awesome awesome man yeah like like i said i, I can't wait to watch this movie uh, the trailer looks amazing and oh, thanks uh, man yeah man i i look forward to it well when when you check it out you must let me know <laughs> you must let me know what you think all right yeah for sure i i Are you ever gonna go yeah ryan i really liked it or yeah it's a bit crazy ryan so. <laughs> for sure i i i like crazy off the wall shit so i you know i'm sure this is gonna be right up my alley cool man yeah well if you like 80 cinema which uh i think i think you do yeah. and then i think you'll uh, you'll uh you know you'll i think you'll enjoy it and you'll I think you'll see all those like little references for some characters or, you know, scenes in the movie, um, which is cool. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Uh, do you have like a favorite subgenre of horror? Is there one that just kind of sticks out to you more than uh, other ones? Um, dude, I don't know. Like, I, you know, that's the thing. It's just like, I, I always say there's, you know, there's a time and place, for it's like music you know there's a time and place to listen or to watch a movie you know on a sunday where you just want to watch something really simple and easy so there's always you know there's always a time and place uh you know for certain genres to watch and all that but yeah i, I mean i love the horror sci-fi uh you know uh, genre but yeah i'm very open to you know to all these you know, different different styles of movies, and you know, there's a time and place for everything. Where you'd be like, oh, I feel like a comedy, or oh, I feel like something more hardcore, or I feel like something. It really depends of what the mood you're in. And like I said, I like I love like you know all all genres. So there's a time and place for everything. You know, for sure. It, uh, like, I, like recently, I watched uh, I was watching some of the Jurassic Park movies and. Um, and still, it's just like, you know, I watched like one of the new ones and then I watched, um, and then the other day, you know, you always got to go back to the original and they, no matter what, they just can't touch the original. Like, you could, they can't touch it. Like, it's it's still, it's still a hundred times better than any any of the ones after one. You know what I mean? It's, it's, right. it's the, the first one is, will, will always be the best and they won't be able to get better than that. So, yeah. They they had a light they had lightning in a bottle with the first one and then yeah. you know just yeah, did so well it's, it's it's that wow factor as well you know which I always talk about it's just that wow factor doesn't really exist anymore we've seen we've seen dinosaurs we've seen uh, robots like transformers or buildings crashing down and disaster movies you know it's like when was the last time you got that really like wow factor when you've watched a movie and just at the top of my head, whether it's like Lord of the Rings or whether it's the Matrix or uh, Jurassic Park, when we saw that uh, T-Rex scene in the car at night when the T-Rex goes through the, you know, the electric fence and all that. I mean, it's, you know, back then, even now, it's still, it's still fucking good. It's still really, really, really good, you know? And uh, I think those wow factors are very, when it comes to, especially when it comes to visual effects, it's, it's like we, we, I think it's done. I think there's what, you know, what else is there? 
that we we haven't seen with visual effects, you know, that are really good. I mean, there's films now that some of the effects are still shit compared to, you know, a few years ago. And now it's like, oh, there's no excuse for the, if it's a, you know, if it's a, you know, a DC movie or something like that and some of the visual effects is a bit shit. I mean, I look at it and go, shit, these guys have got so much money. There's no excuse for it to be, look like a computer game or look not real. And that, and that's the thing. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, I think it's hard to, to have that wow factor now because we, we've, we've seen everything, you know? So, so I think sure. characters and story is, is key for like entertainment and to, you know, to really like, you know, try to get an original storyline or, you know, just to try and make something, you know, different that we haven't seen. For sure. So, like, uh, I, I I take it you're more of a guy that likes uh, practical effects over CGI. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And that's that's the, that's the thing. I, I remember seeing the thing on a uh, YouTube. It was an article, a little video, and they were they were chatting about the worst, um, you know, effects in camera. You know, uh, and it was number one was like Terminator One. Where he's trying to get his, you know, the, the, when he takes his eye out, oh, and he was yeah. saying like it's bad. And I'm like, that's fucking amazing. Like it's so fucking cool. Like how is that like the worst? So I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, and I guess it's like taste, but I, I think when it's real and it's in camera, it's real. Like it looks way creepier. You know, it looks way right. better than because that's the thing. Even though like you'll get like a certain visual effects, it won't look real. And if it doesn't look real, then then what is it? So, and it's like when you look back at like the mummy and you see, uh, you know, the mummy standing there and his jaw drops and stuff like that. Like it's bad, like it's bad visual effects. There's, there's been stuff way before that. that is way better visual effects and, but it doesn't look real. And then when it doesn't look real, then it, I, I'm like, well, what is it then? So it's, it's, it can't be scary because it doesn't look real. It, it can't be this because it's, 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 it's not detailed enough or, you know, so, and that's why I think some visual effects, they hide stuff where, where sometimes it's better if it's at night or if it's in the dark instead of being light and, you know, so it really, yeah, it really depends. But um, yeah, I think effects and stuff, what you can do in camera, just do it as, cause I mean, like in the eighties, it was like 80% in camera and like 20% visual effects. And that's, for me, that's the right mix. That's, that's the right mix where, where it should be, you know? Right. I, I, I definitely agree. And, you know, like some of those 80 effects, like the, uh, you know, say like the uh, electrocution scenes where it's like, you know, cartoon looking lines drawn on, like. Some of some I, of I, I love that shit. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That's like, you know, that's like the, the special effects that that I can be okay with, just because yeah. uh, you know it had a certain look to it that you know it was like kind of cartoony, but uh, it just it worked. And, you know, you yeah, know like, with like but, the but latest, that's the thing. Dude, you look at yeah. look at Ghostbusters. You know, dude, all the effects in that movie—it's great. There's nothing wrong with it. You know what I mean? Like all right. the effects, all all the effects were good. You know. Yeah, for sure. It. You know, that's the difference between uh, the CGI or, you know, computer imaging from back then to compared to now is, there. you know, nowadays it just seems like these filmmakers are, are depending on the CGI 
and then it just yeah no exactly you know that's the thing they de- they they depend on it and it's yeah it's it's like it, it's literally like ninety nine percent visual effects one percent real <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's like you, you can't get any um, like you know how do you respond to it it's like okay you know it's a computer image you're not getting you know any emotion across like. I don't, yeah. I don't know. You know, organic. organically. Well, it's like, it's like look. It's like looking at Star Wars. So you look at the three original Star Wars films, and then you look at the ones that were made, you know, in the late '90s, early 2000s, and the effects were shit. And you know, you look at these the old three originals, dude. There is nothing wrong with them. You know what I mean? It's like everything about the originals is is spot on. And I, I remember having a conversation with my editor, and he was like, "Yeah, but it looks a bit dated now." I was like, dude, there's no way that looks dated now. Dude, it looks way better than um, you know than the you know the other three that they made, you know, early 2000 or late late 90s. It was just like completely, completely different, you know. And it, yeah, it's just not, it's just not the same. It's not that right feel, you know, for what they're trying to do, you know. Right. Yeah, and I think that was at the the time where. George Lucas was like CGI all the way. Like he was like pro CGI. So that's, you know, and CGI back in that time frame was not that great. It hadn't. Yeah. Well, like, that's the thing. Not, nothing will, yeah. yeah, nothing will beat costumes and animatronics. You know what I mean? It's like that, you know, that shit's legit. Or if there is some visual effects for characters and it been, has been done great before. It's just like you gotta you gotta know where to do it and where not to do it. That's the thing. Right. Yep. That I think that is the key factor. Yeah. But um man, man. Uh, uh you know, I think we'll probably wrap this, wrap this up, up pretty soon. soon. Um, cool man. Uh what uh well yeah, well thank you so much for uh having me. I really appreciate it. And um yeah, I'm really looking forward you to uh check out fried barry you know uh, on the seventh or after the seventh and as i said yeah you must check it out and uh yeah let me know what you what you think oh for sure man yeah i'll I'll let you know and uh you know for all the listeners that are listening uh ryan's new movie fried barry will be premiering on shutter may 7th you guys need to check it out it looks awesome cool man well, that was my interview with Ryan Kruger. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed uh, listening to uh, Ryan talk about fried berry and, uh, and some of our other topics that we talked about. Uh, you know, I just want to say thank you, Ryan, for coming to the show. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk to me on the Root Horror Podcast. Uh, it's, just, it's just awesome. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you guys want to follow me on uh, social media, you can go to linktree.com forward slash Rehor Podcast. You can find my links there to like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, my website, YouTube channel, all that sorts of fun stuff. Uh, I'm slowly but surely putting up some written interviews on my website. So if you guys want to check out... Uh, all the stuff that I have up on my website, uh, check it out. You know, one thing I do want to mention before uh, 
before the show ends. Uh, if you are from the Midwest, uh, Iowa, Illinois region, Midwest Monster Fest pop-up horror market will be taking place May 22nd from noon to 7 p.m. at the Rock Island County Fairgrounds in East Moline, Illinois. It's going to be a great time. There's going to be celebrity guests like Walter Phelan, who played Dr. Satan in House of a Thousand Corpses, and uh, also Robert Mukes, who plays RJ in One House of a Thousand Corpses, will also be there. And uh, he was also in Bone Tomahawk as well. Uh, should be an awesome time. And also uh, Claire Fluff Llewellyn will also be there. And uh, she's been in uh, films like Hobo with a Trash Can, Bong Zombies, Leaf Blower Massacre 2, and uh, Cult of the Shadow People. And uh, she was also on the Exorcist TV show as a nun. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be vendors there. Uh, also, like, uh, sideshow acts will be there. Uh, there's going to be uh, a food truck there. Uh, I know Low Pie's food truck will be there. So you can get some uh, local pizza uh, right there at Midwest Monster Fest pop-up horror market. It's a not-to-miss event. You can still buy tickets online. They're uh, $6 in advance. Otherwise, it's $10 to get in if you just decide to show up. It's going to be an awesome time. So uh, I encourage you guys to uh, to come out to Midwest Monster Fest pop-up horror market. And uh, maybe you'll run into me there because I'm going to be there. And, uh, you know, probably not going to go there just because I'm going to be there. But, I mean, I'm just just pointing out i'll probably be there so if you run into me say what's up and uh we'll we'll talk some horror movies or or some shit (laughs) but yeah this is a great episode uh uh you know fried berry looks like an awesome sci-fi horror movie and uh yeah i hope you guys check it out let me know what you guys think about it and uh you know, I'm sure I'll share my thoughts on it once uh, once I see it. And, uh, yeah. It's been a lot of fun. So, uh, so I'll mention uh, my next episodes are going to be uh, movie discussion episodes. I'll be talking about Zombie 3, the movie. And uh, we'll also have music from uh, the composer of Zombie 3, Stefano Mainetti we'll uh we'll be having a couple of songs on there and uh the metal band mutilated by zombies will have a track on there as well so stay tuned for that one and then the episode afterwards will be uh an episode talking about the toxic avenger the trauma classic the toxic avenger that will be coming up soon after zombie 3 and we'll also be featuring a new single from the band Toxic Ruin. I've had them on the show. Well, the Root Horror Radio. I've had uh, one of their songs on there. Probably playing a different song, uh, which will be uh, their latest single. So uh, stay tuned for that, guys. 
should be some fun some fun episodes upcoming and then uh you know i'll be digging into uh some more interviews and uh and yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun so just want to say thank you all for listening and uh stay tuned for the next one